0: a legend in her own right, we have Shelly Zellis. And Shelly is known as the chief troublemaker. is a pioneer for online research. She's a movement leader, champion of gender equality, She is an internationally renowned entrepreneur, speaker, mentor. She's a mother, and she is the founder and CEO of the Female Quotient. Uh, Shelly works with Fortune 500 companies, to advance gender equality across industries, the Female Quotient Pop-Up Lounge brings home a host of equality to major conferences, companies, and college campuses around the world, including large international events, such as the World Economic Forum. Shelly, we're so happy to have you here on the podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. Oh my God, thank you, Keisha, for inviting me and including me on your show. I'm so honored to be here with you.
0: I'm honored to be here with you, too, and I just wanted to start with your journey and what inspired you to start this journey of championing these causes with women and gender equality. I think it's just amazing the work you've done. So if you could just tell us, you know, what inspired you, what started you on this journey, that would be amazing.
1: Well, I can definitely tell you that it's not a typical journey and it is definitely not a textbook career journey. And I kind of zigged and zagged and made it up as I went along. So it wasn't one of those things I dreamed about as a little girl. I actually wanted to be a flight attendant, and uh, now I think I fly more than flight attendant. So I definitely got my wish did come true. I'm a three million miler on most airlines, and I know when flight attendants cut their hair. So definitely have my wish come true. I, I fly I'm all over the world, and um, I get to meet women in over 100 countries. So I I definitely do um, get to travel quite a bit. Um, But I really have no idea how I ended up where I am because I I started in market research and I was in the business of market research and now I'm in the business of equality. But my journey really started as a, a market research. I am the pioneer of online research. Have you ever taken a survey on the internet? I'm the mother of that invention. Sorry, not sorry. Those horrible surveys online. But I started there. I was the only female CEO top 25 in market research. And I was an only and lonely. You know, when you are um, the woman on a a board of men and you are a, a woman in market research surrounded by, you know, men in that field, you know what that feels like when you bring cookies to meetings and you have flowers in your office and you lead with empathy, and I remember sitting when I sold my company to Ipsos, and I was sitting in a board room, and you know I had sold my company of two hundred fifty employees to a company of sixteen thousand, and they were taking my employees and moving them around like chess pieces, putting this person here and this person there, and I, I remember saying to them, "But that person doesn't belong in that group," and tears had come down my eyes, and. I was pulled aside after the meeting and they said, you know, Shelley, there's no room for emotion in the boardroom. And I remember thinking even after being a very successful CEO and selling my company to them for quite a lot of money. And now I'm in a publicly traded company in the French stock exchange. I remember thinking two things, one, they're right. Or two doing what I did, which was give a speech the next day to a huge audience And my speech was called Bring Emotion to the Boardroom, because I believe that the best leaders today are leaders with empathy. I was not going to allow that to be true, that there's no room for emotion in the boardroom. I believe that the greatest strengths of leaders today are empathy, compassion, passion, collaboration. And yet they are the most invisible strengths. And we need to make those strengths visible. And if we don't talk about them, we don't celebrate them, we don't recognize them, they will be unrecognized and undervalued. And, you know, unless we start talking about them and and not calling them soft strengths, but calling them strengths, the word soft makes them feel weak, you know, and those are the feminine. That's what women bring. That's what we have. That's what we possess. And so I thought, you know what? It's because you need to sometimes be the first and stand up and stand out and shout from the treetops. And that's why I said, hello? No, I am not going to be quiet about that. I am going to say, yeah, empathy is my strength. I
0: care. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you're so right. I was just having that conversation just this morning with my mom when I thought about, and you know, it's so funny, like you, I wanted to be a flight attendant growing up and ended up not being one, but flying around the world, you know, supporting on these huge delegations to the World Economic Forum to likewise, and everything, and I thought, you know what, I remember after my husband died, and I was in an executive program, and coming back, and I said to myself, you know what, this is the type of experience that in the boardroom and in the workplace that we need to share with others and highlighting empathy and resilience and those qualities that women have, but yet still, they're still not, they're still not there. And it really bothers me today that there's so many women who could be in leadership positions that are not because those traits that you just highlighted are just seen as, yeah, that's the soft skills that we can, you know, like We'll put them alongside the others, but they're not at the forefront, Shelly. How do we
1: transform workplaces of today? You talked about that. Empathy, resilience. The greatest qualities of leadership come from caregivers. And yet we're losing our greatest leaders to caregiving. And caregiving is still predominantly a female challenge. You know, great—you know, caregivers are still predominantly female responsibilities. And you know, and that's we're losing our greatest leaders to middle management, which I call messy middle, the messy middle. That's my column in in Forbes. And I write a lot about that. And you know, and yet we are not accommodating middle management. So you know we start 50-50 in the workplace and yet we we end at about 17% in leadership. So we're losing our greatest leaders in middle management. So you know think about that whole concept. And you know, I'm about to create a whole new concept called CEO Accelerator. And, you know, I, I speak to hundreds of thousands of women across 100 countries. And I've, identi- I've identified the greatest challenges, which I'm going to call the flipping point moments, which we're about to launch a whole new concept called the flipping point, which we can talk about on another show. Um, and then I'm going to challenge CEOs to take the flipping point challenge. Because it's not as complicated to change the equation and close the gaps. If we create the workplace to accommodate women and most importantly, caregivers, if you create a workplace around caregivers, you will create a workplace that will work for everyone so that everyone can thrive in the workplace. It is not complicated if you choose, if conscious leaders are conscious and choose to create a workplace that will work for everyone, right? Not complicated. And so, what's the challenge? The challenge is that we are just not actually showcasing the things that matter. And we're all following status quo. And what is status quo? The rules of the workplace were written by men for men when women just weren't in the workplace. And we never got rid of the junk in the trunk. We never showed or shared what we just talked about. And once you start, then everyone follows. It's that no one started. Like, I remember when I was 25 years old, I used to stay at work until midnight, because everyone I'm 60 years old so at the time with typewriters and we didn't have technology and everyone was at work until midnight. I didn't. We didn't have online shopping where we were online and buying. What were we doing there until midnight? Nothing. But everyone around you was just staying there because we were all goody two shoes and no one wanted to leave first because no one left. first. And then one day I left at five nothing happened to me. I didn't get fired and everyone started leaving at five. Nothing happened or, you know, you hear Oh, I can't go take my kid to the soccer game because I'm going to get in trouble. I can't leave early. Have you ever seen uh, an employee handbook that says don't take your kid to the soccer game? There's don't no play handbook. But women are afraid to go because then it's going to be the women thing, the mom thing. If a man left, no one would ding him. But if we all left, it would be fine. So who's going to be the first to go? But the woman can't be the first to go because then she's going to get dinged. But if we all left, it would be fine. So who's going to be the first to go? So someone, it's like, follow the leader. So someone should go so that the rest will go. And then make, make the exception the new norm. And that's actually why I left and started my own company, because I decided I wanted to be the boss so that the exception would become the new rule. And when I started my new company, I created the uncorporate rules that became the new rule. It's really not hard. Someone just has to create the new rules, which is why I want to create the new rules of the workplace, which will become the new Fortune 500 rules.
0: Which is amazing. And it's so needed. Like there's so many women, millions of women have left the workforce during COVID-19. You know, in my book, Holistic Wealth, I spoke about the triple helix for women, because as you can imagine, when I became widowed at 31, I had an eight week old son and a three year old. And I had to go back into the workplace, now widowed. So I'm transitioning now from, you know, with my identity as a woman and going in as, as a single mom with two young babies and trying to juggle everything. And I can just imagine how that's how millions of women felt during COVID with this transition. And then we experience this over and over as women, as we go through different life stages, you know, whether it's having aging parents or what have you, and we're always right smack in the middle of it. And I keep thinking, why is there such a lack? Like, why aren't we catching up in workplaces to like transform? Why is there there seems to be an unwillingness to change or or it's that it's just not happening fast enough. And and that's why I'm so glad you let off with leadership and leading with empathy. And I'm just wondering, you know, Shelly, just in terms of how you transition from your corporate role to entrepreneurship, how is that for you? And and what lessons, like, what would you pass on to women who are thinking about whether it's a transition to another career, or it's a transition to a business, or just transitioning to another job? Like, any lessons that you can pass on to them?
1: You know, I I'm going to tell you that in a minute. But I was just looking something up that I had to tell you to go back to something that you said, which was fascinating, and this was. um So incredible of how change happens and change happens when someone takes the first step because most people just keep perpetuating status quo, right? Status quo is easy. And that's what I keep thinking about Fortune 500. CEOs are afraid to take risk because risk is scary because you can't fail. They all are accountable to a board of directors and you can't deviate because if you deviate and you zag, then you might goof and your stock could plummet. So you have to stay on path, right? So there's no room to zag. And that's why they can't be entrepreneurial. They can't be an entrepreneur because you have this big company. You're you're driving. You're driving a steamboat. When you're driving a steamboat, you gotta stay on course. You're not on a motorboat. Fortune five hundred. I never really thought about this. Okay, Keisha, let's play this. When you are the CEO of Fortune five hundred, you are on a steamship. A steamship can't zig and zag. Oh, gosh, I'm just thinking about this together. Okay, we have to play. Okay, listen to me. This is crazy. Oh my God. This is, I I chase total solar eclipses. And when you chase a total solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse, I'm going to call this a total solar eclipse moment. When you chase total solar eclipses, they last like three minutes, like a totality moment. You wait when the moon covers the sun, but a total moment, it's like three minutes, right? You wait a lifetime to see this, right? That's it. Three minutes. And to see the diamond ring, I mean, it's spectacular. And so we plan this trip for a long period of time. And when you are a real eclipse watcher, you know, and you're on a boat in the middle of the sea or the ocean or wherever you are, your captain plans exactly where you're going to be because you don't want shadows. You don't want anything. I was in the Galapagos and I was in the sea. And our captain had planned exactly where he wanted to be that moment on a little boat. And I was with all the eclipse watchers and people from all the magazines with their telescopes perfectly situated to see the total eclipse. And all of a sudden, right at the total solar eclipse moment, this big ship, like a a club med, pulls up right in front of our little boat because they thought and they saw our eclipse flag so they knew that we were eclipse watchers. They said, Oh my God, how fun. There's an eclipse ship. So everybody, they say to all their tourists, we're going to see a total eclipse. They didn't have this planned, and they parked their big, massive ship right in front of our little boat. And they put a shadow in front of our Little tiny thing, and all of a sudden, our little boat is honking its little honk. beep, 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 beep. And this big, massive thing is putting a big, goddamn shadow in front of our little boat and blocking us. And we have 10 seconds before our which my captain planned two years of exactly the location, and you can't just move all of a sudden. And that, was ruining our moment. And this is the problem. A CEO of a big, massive company just can't move that fast to zig and zag. That's why they can't just iterate on the fly and create a turn. They can't shift. You gotta have the fluidity, the flexibility to zig and zag. So it takes a first step Change to happen. So I just was looking something up and this, and I'm going to call it an eclipse moment because, and it takes courage, bold, and bravery to try something new, change to happen. So I was thinking about my girlfriend Rosie Rios, the treasurer, the former treasurer of the United States. And there was a president of the United States. I went to the treasury and she was the treasurer a female treasurer, when I went to her office, I saw a wall of female treasurers of the United States. I said, oh my God, Rosie, I did not know that all of the treasurers of the United States were women. How did that happen? And she said, it took a secretary of treasury one day to have a female treasurer. And and so I just was looking up when that was, I think it was in 1777 or something. He just one day appointed a female treasurer of the United States. Once there was one and he broke a pattern from that day on, there was always a female treasurer of the United States. And so it took breaking a pattern. And so we just were talking about, once I left at five, it broke a pattern. Once a leader breaks a pattern, it becomes a new norm. It just takes breaking a pattern. So what's CEO? And it can't be one. It needs to be, I think it needs to be a collective. And so I always say the collective minority becomes the new majority. That is why I always say a woman alone has power. Collectively, we create impact. A CEO alone has power. Collectively, we have impact. Power of the pack. And that's when I coined the phrase power of the pack. Now I'm playing with CEO accelerator. I'm playing with the seesaw effect. I'm playing with flipping point. A flipping point not a tipping point. It's how do you flip and create this flipping point? Boom, boom, boom. This momentum of change. Because change won't happen unless you are brave enough to flip it. And it's not going to be watch and wait. It is about this momentous boom. And it's going to take this conscientious CEO group to truly, consciously create the change. Because goddamn it, we're not going to wait two hundred and fifty-seven years. So, anyways, I didn't want to detour, but this is what I'm thinking about, and and then I just start thinking about the eclipse and that goddamn ship because you can't just move a steamship. You got to. You got to be a captain of a motorboat, and you got to though realize that you got to figure out how to have a motorboat mentality on a steamship.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is just unbelievable, Shelly, and you are exactly right. This is exactly what's happening and what we need to do in terms of flipping creating that momentum and you're at the forefront of this for women. It's just amazing work, Shelley. And so I'm just wondering, as we wrap up, like in terms of the female quotient, what is next? And you mentioned some, you know, ideas, some things that you have on the agenda and it sounds amazing. What's
1: on the agenda? It's all about action for change. And it's not about waiting for 157 to 257 years. It's about now. Once you're conscious, you have a choice. Are you going to do something or not? And if you are, let's go. And it's about the power of the collective. We are better together. And it's about working together. And there's nothing more powerful than women supporting other women. And it's all about CEOs that take action for change. And, you know, we got to make a difference for women in the workplace. If you create a women's agenda, you create a world agenda. And that is really the truth. And all of us working together. And Keisha, I have to say, you are such a badass. I just want to do everything with you. So let's together.
0: So let's do it. I love the work you're doing. You're so amazing. Just even the words and wisdom that you're sharing today. I'm so, so happy and honored to be doing this. Like we have to have you back on the show, Shelly, and we have to continue this conversation. Because it's such a part of holistic wealth, right? It's everything when you think of holistic wealth. And that, when I wrote that as a widow, as a widowed mom, these are the issues that were at the forefront of my mind. And, and two, especially for women in the workplace, how you know they're held back from leadership and it m- impacts their financial empowerment. It impacts their finances. It impacts their retirement. And that, too, is something very, very special to me in terms of championing that cause as well. And I know it's so intertwined everything. So I'm so happy that we shared this moment. (laughs) I feel like this was amazing. We have to have you back. And Shelly, before you leave, any other words of wisdom? I'll give you the last word. (laughs) Any other words of wisdom that you'd want to share? with women listening in who are struggling in their workplaces and just like, Oh my gosh, I'm in a toxic workplace right now.
1: How do I even begin? Who is a wealthy person? One who's happy with what she has. And I think that is the most important. And I always say when purpose meets passion, you're unstoppable. And I I think that that is the most important thing to know when you love what you do, it's called passion. When you don't, it's called stress. And you know especially in today's day and age you know follow your heart and um find your passion and you can always find your passion and you know don't wait for other people to tell you you know what makes you happy you have to find your own happiness you know that is the truth you know and in every job you know you can find what makes you happy you know people always think your boss is Good or bad or is going to make you happy. You have to find your own happiness. I have always found my happiness in every job. No one can make your job good or bad. You make your job good or bad. And so I, I think that that is what is so important. It's not a job that makes you, you make your job. You have to take responsibility for your destiny. Your destiny doesn't make you. You make your destiny. You make your journey. I think you have to hold yourself responsible and accountable. You are responsible for you, and be yourself. You know, I, you know. I always quote Oscar Wilde. You know, Oscar Wilde says, "Be yourself, because everyone else is taken." Don't try to be someone else. You know, you your uniqueness is what makes you special, and um, know what that is. Don't try to be everything. Be, you know, you and and hold on to that. And I think that is the most important thing to to understand and. Keisha, you are you know so beautiful and so incredible, and I want you to know that I am all in with you. So you are never alone, and I think that is the most important thing for for every woman to understand. We we all have each other, and I think that is the most important thing to understand where our power source comes from. When we all surround each other and bring that value to one another, that is our greatest strength. And I think that when we all rise. That's where we all shine. And, and that is the most important power source that we have.
0: So much for your, your words, Shelly, and for that encouragement. I absolutely, I love, and it's, it's amazing how, you know, once you connect with other women who are genuine about the cause, what it can do. And and I know that, you know, good will come, so much good will come of this. And thank you so much for your wise words, your kind heart, your loving Towards women and gender equality and everything that we do. We really appreciate it. And Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. It's so amazing to see you and to connect with you. And it's just amazing. I can't wait for this episode to come on. So thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. You're amazing. You're amazing. A legend. And so thank you so much, Shelly. It was wonderful. This was wonderful. Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, KeishaBlair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not... What are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio online self paced course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup Job loss or experience the death of a loved one? Take the holistic healing course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award winning, best selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness.